Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Which you then attach to the acquisition of your present conquests. I am certain that to achieve what stands achieved today, you would willingly have foregone the gain of fifty times that paltry sum. To me it seems that to lose your present fortune were a more serious loss than never to have won it, since surely it is harder to be poor after being so rich than never to have tasted wealth at all, and more painful to sink to the level of a subject, being a king, than never to have worn a crown. You cannot forget that your present vassals were not persuaded to become your subjects out of love for you, but by sheer force, and but for some restraining dread they would endeavour to be free again to-morrow." And how do you propose to stimulate their sense of awe, and keep them in good behaviour towards you? Shall they see our soldiers so disposed towards you that a word on your part would suffice to keep them now, or, if necessary, would bring them back again to-morrow? While others, hearing from us a hundred stories in your presence, hasten to present themselves at your desire? Or will you drive them to conclude adversely, that, through mistrust of what has happened now, no second set of soldiers will come to help you? for even these troops of ours are more their friends than yours. And indeed it was not because they fell short of us in numbers that they became your subjects, but from the lack of proper leaders. There is a danger, therefore, now, lest they should choose as their protectors some of us who regard ourselves as wronged by you, or even better men than us, the Lacedaemonians themselves, supposing our soldiers undertake to serve, with more enthusiasm, if the debt you owe to them be first exacted and the Lacedaemonians, who need their services, consent to this request. It is plain at any rate that the Thracians, now prostrate at your feet, would display far more enthusiasm in attacking than in assisting you, for your mastery means their slavery, and your defeat their liberty. Again, the country is now yours, and from this time forward you have to make provision for what is yours, and how will you best secure it and immunity from ill? Either these soldiers receive their dues and go, leaving a legacy of peace behind, or they stay and occupy an enemy's country, whilst you endeavour, by aid of a still larger army, to open a new campaign and turn them out, and your new troops will also need provisions. Or again, which will be the greater drain on your purse? To pay off your present debt, or, with that still owing, to bid for more troops, and of a better quality? Heraclides, as he used to prove me, finds the sum excessive. But surely it is a far less serious thing for you to take and pay it back to-day, than it would have been to pay the tithe of it, before we came to you, since the limit between less and more is no fixed number, but depends on the relative capacity of payer and recipient, and your yearly income is now larger than the whole property which you possessed in earlier days. Well, Suthus, for myself these remarks are the expression of a friendly forethought for a friend. 
they are expressed in the double hope that you may show yourself worthy of the good things which the gods have given you, and that my reputation may not be ruined with the army. For I must assure you that to-day, if I wished to injure a foe, I could not do so with this army. Nor again, if I wished to come and help you, could I be competent to the task. Such is the disposition of the troops toward me. And yet I call you to witness, along with the gods who knew, that never have I received anything from you on account of the soldiers. Never to this day have I, to my private gain, asked for what was theirs, nor even claimed the promises which were made to myself. And I swear to you, not even had you proposed to pay me my dues, would I have accepted them, unless the soldiers also had been going to receive theirs too. How could I? How shameful it would have been in me to have so secured my own interests, whilst I disregarded the disastrous state of theirs, I being so honoured by them. Of course, to the mind of Heracles this is all silly talk, since the one great object is to keep money by whatever means. That is not my tenet, Sothis. I believe that no fairer or brighter jewel can be given to a man, and most of all a prince, than the threefold grace of valour, justice, and generosity. He that possesses these is rich in the multitude of friends which surround him, rich also in the desire of others to be included in their number. While he prospers, he is surrounded by those who will rejoice with him in his joy, or, if misfortune overtake him, he has no lack of sympathizers to give him help. However, if you have failed to learn from my deeds that I was, heart and soul, your friend, if my words are powerless to reveal the fact to-day, I would at least direct your attention to what the soldiers said. You were standing by, and heard what those who sought to blame me said. They accused me to the Lacedaemonians, and the point of their indictment was that I set greater store by yourself than by the Lacedaemonians. But, as regards themselves, the charge was that I took more pains to secure the success of your interest than their own. They suggested that I had actually taken gifts from you. Was it, do you suppose, because they detected some ill-will in me towards you, that they made the allegation? Was it not, rather, that they had noticed my abundant zeal on your behalf? All men believe, I think, that a fund of kindly feelings is due to him from whom we accept gifts. But what is your behaviour? Before I had ministered to you in any way, or done you a single service, you welcomed me kindly with your eyes, your voice, your hospitality, and you could not sate yourself with promises of all the fine things that were to follow. But having once achieved your object, and become the great man you are now, as great, indeed, as I could make you, you can stand by and see me degraded among my own soldiers. Well, time will teach you, that I fully believe, to pay whatever seems to you right, and even without the lessons of that teacher, you will hardly care to see those who have spent themselves in benefiting you, become your accusers. Only when you do pay your debt, I beg of you to use your best endeavour to right me with the soldiers. Leave me at least where you found me, that is all I ask. After listening to this appeal, Suthus called down curses on him, whose fault it was, that the debt had not long ago been paid, and if the general suspicion was correct, this was Heracles. For myself, said Suthus, for myself, said Suthus, I never had any idea of robbing you of your just dues. I will repay. Then Xenophon rejoined, Since you are minded to pay, I only ask that you will do so through me, and will not suffer me on your account to hold a different position in the army, from what I held when we joined you. He replied, As far as that goes, so far from holding a less honoured position among your own men on my account, if you will stay with me, keeping only a thousand heavy infantry, I will deliver to you the fortified places and everything I promised. The other answered, On these terms I may not accept them, only let us go free. 
"'Nay, but I know,' said Suthus, "'that it is safer for you to bide with me than to go away.' Then Xenophon again, "'For your forethought I thank you, but I may not stay. Somewhere I may rise to honour, and that, be sure, shall redound to your gain also.' Thereupon Suthus spoke, "'Of silver I have but little. That little, however, I give you, one talent. But of bivis I can give you six hundred head, and of sheep four thousand, and of slaves six score. These take, and the hostages besides, who wronged you and begone. Xenophon laughed and said, But supposing these altogether do not amount to the pay, for whom is the talent, shall I say? It is a little dangerous for myself, is it not? I think I had better be on the lookout for stones when I returned. You heard the threats? So for the moment he stayed there, but the next day Suthus gave up to them what he had promised, and sent an escort to drive the cattle. The soldiers at first maintained that Xenophon had